Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. HBCU Pride. I believe in HBCU culture and I believe in HBCU sports. This is what our show is about. HBCU Pride with Tim McCain and Derek Hall. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Believe in HBCUs with Tim McCain and Derek Hall. How everybody doing out there? Doing good, man. How, how's your day been, brother? It's been fine, man. I can't complain, man. How you doing out there? Hey, man, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. I, we first want to thank um, Believe Podcast. We thank you for allowing us to be on your team. We, we can't wait to uh, represent HBCU sports and uh, black sports culture all over the world. So, um... Let's dive into it. Let's dive into it. So, um, you know, as of right now, um, we look at our sports culture, black consciousness has um, risen to a new level within the recent months of 2020 with um, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And um, we see a lot of athletes now, um, really for the first time in a long time, where we see black athletes considering HBCUs. And now, Derek, as an, a former HBCU alum yourself who played sports, what would you tell a young athlete like a Mikey Williams about joining an HBCU? What would you tell him? What would you talk about? Tell him, do what's best for you. Like, I understand athletes want to take the next level. They want to go pro. They want to do those things. So um, if an HBCU can get you pro, in basketball, then you do it. But you do what's best, what's, what's on your heart. Like, what's on your heart is key. If it's from your heart telling you to go to HBCU, then you go. If it's not, then you don't go, because that means you're not going to be all the way in it. Mm. And, and it's a little bit harder for basketball to to uh, go pro, because you need those other big schools to put you on your schedule. So you can play them, so you can get a TV time, because a lot of black guys don't have the TV time. So how are they going to see these players play ball? So it's, it's all a combination of what those big schools promote you to as well because they need they need to do that as well. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean that's that's the truth. I mean, the reality is, is Maker 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 is um, the first athlete, the first top five athlete to go to HBCU in forty years. I mean, right. that's an incredible accomplishment in itself. But it's only going to be a movement if other players follow. And I do believe if other players follow, if the best players go to an HBCU, you're going to see dollars go that way. But the fact of the matter is, yes, it will definitely be a sacrifice um, for a black athlete to, or any athlete to join an HBCU because they won't get the same recognition potentially that other schools will. However, if other athletes decide to join, the money will soon follow. It's just a matter of belief, belief in oneself, belief that that one can do the impossible. I mean, you could look at it this way. There was a time where uh, there was Negro Leagues and it was just black athletes playing. And then it just only took one player, Jackie Robinson, who joined the Major League Baseball. And then black people, you know, they went through that sport and they dominated. And it became and I believe that black athletes helped evolved Major League Baseball, just like black athletes evolved uh, the National Basketball Association, like black athletes evolved the National Football League. So if 
wherever black athletes go, there's going to be an evolution of the sport of whatever league they're going to. So if black athletes decide to go to HBCUs, it will evolve HBCUs in a way that's positive. Evolve probably the wrong word. They're probably what's the what, what's looking for rejuvenate. Just um, because back in the day, you know, history shows a lot of black athletes with the HBCUs because they couldn't get in these PWIs for racial 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 things, grades, things of that nature. So it, it wouldn't say it would just revive the the culture of HBCUs with athletes black athletes choosing to stay home. And, and play for the people. Oh, I understand. I understand where you're coming from, too, when it comes to, like, rejuvenate. But it's been so long. I mean, when you think about it, it's been so long since we've had, you know, I mean, since we've had great HBCU athletes turn pro. You know what I mean? Like, we, I mean, of I course. Can I can name a few right now. I mean, I can name a few in the in NFL. You got Dominic Rush Camardi. He went to Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. You got Charmel Armstead. He went to uh, APB, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, you got NFL. You got a couple of tackles in the, uh, that go that go pro. Tyree Coins. Tyree Coins from ANT, of course. It, it has happened. I think we just don't see it as much as we want to see it. And I think that's just because, like you said, the TV dollars. But I think it actually um, – the problem with basketball and, and – um, being uh, potentially a great place for H- for college for black athletes to go to HBCU is the fact that there's the one and done rule, and I, the reason why I say that uh, is because like Maker 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 was on ESPN, and um, he was just talking about how like if he's good enough to to go pro the first year, he'll go pro, and that's totally and I I totally understand that, but I also believe if he would have stayed two or three years. And he played well. He could get a guy like a Mikey Williams to potentially play with him or to join ranks with him. There was a guy, um, I forgot the, the young brother's name. Um, he, he went somewhere else, but he actually was considering going to an HBCU, but only if other athletes were to go with him. That's the thing. That's the thing. What I'm, what I'm struggling right now is, uh, yo, if you wait for other people to help you make your decision, then that decision is not for you. Hmm. I know, but but you but you have to be able to stand on your own ten and make your solid decision. It's not about I'll go here if they goes yes. That happens. That happens a lot in, in basketball. But like yo, it's it's your decision. Stay no, I, I agree. In it. Like love your decision. Like I agree. If you don't like it, then leave. But don't don't wait for other people. To make your decision, and then you get you get the basketball. Like, oh man, I didn't play because he didn't pass me the ball. Like, yo, you make your own. Like, you gotta do that for yourself. Agree. Do one for yourself is is good, but to to make a step like to go to an HBCU, it's gotta be calculated, man. Because especially if if players want to play professionally now, if you just wanna now, the majority of college athletes they don't go professional. Really, they. I mean, they don't like. I think it's like ninety-eight percent or ninety-nine percent of college athletes don't go professional. So, I mean, it's a very small window of players who actually even become professional, who actually get drafted. But for the ones who do, if you look, and even if you look at like some of the great teams, like the Fab Five, 
they they went to each other. They talked to each other. You have so many great teams that were set up by other players saying, oh, you're going there or we're going to go there. Just like if you look at the Miami football team, it's like we're all going to Miami back in the day, in the, in, back in the 80s when they were winning championships. They were communicating with each other and saying, this is my school, we're going to go there. You know, they were not only just from the area, but a lot of the best players were going. They said, he's going there, I'm going there too. So I get the stand on your own two feet type thing. But I would just say that in reality, the way it really works is if you have great players, if you have great players join the same team, other great players are going to join. Yeah, I get that, but. But I understand your point too. You got to make a decision as a man, like, yo, this is where I'm going. So follow those, follow. They don't, they don't. I'm going to go shine. And, and, and we'll call it, if you go score 30 at, at Hampton and you go score 30 at Ohio State, they're going to look at it the same. They're going to, you can get drafted either way. I think it just, they're able to see you, TV time, TV money. Those other teams got able to book you. You got to travel to those Ohio State, travel to those Michigans and, and play. So it's, it's about the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Carolinas scheduling those HCUs. And will they do that? I don't know if they will do that because would, it, would they embarrass the loss? Like you lost to a Howard University. Mm. Two school or D one double A small black college. So there's other yeah. schools who gotta be willing to be willing to help with the change too as well. And I don't know if they really did climb pull money out of their pocket to put it in another school's pocket. Agreed. But you know, the way business works is it's like if you wanna make money, you gotta invest, you know what I'm saying? Like if you wanna make money if you you gotta work with other people. You right. know what I mean? And that's how business works. But you also, there's a business. You also go like, yo, I'm number one business in the world. Do I want to help the number three business in the world overtake my business? Mm. No, it's not going to do that. Good point. You're right. This is a business. This is a business. And that's what DeMarcus Cousins was saying when he uh, interviewed, uh, when he was interviewed by uh, Taylor Rooks. When Taylor Rooks was like, would you consider going to an HBCU? And DeMarcus Cousins did say that he – wish he had considered going to an HBCU. And honestly, brother, I, I think that the way for HBCUs to get more recognition is for former great HBCU players like a Jerry Rice, a Shannon Sharp, um, to speak on their HBCU experience. You don't really see them really speak on their HBCU experience. As a matter of fact, the, the person who speaks the most on um, the HBCU experience and the HBCU love when it comes to uh, professional um, sports reporting is uh, Stephen A. Smith, who went to went to Salem State here in uh, North Carolina. All right. And I think that the way to go is for great players, great coaches from those from back in the day to speak on their experiences, to to speak on the Lavelle Motons from North Carolina Central, who's killing the game right now at Central. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens with Maker Maker. Um, the one thing that I, I, cause I did a little research on Maker. What do you think of Maker? Have you seen any footage on him? I know he, you know, he, uh, he played with uh, Dream Vision in the AAU circuit. Like, what do you think of Maker's decision to join Howard University, even though they only won four games last season, and uh, his stance on just playing one or two seasons? Well, I, he's gonna be a good player. Like, he's tall. He can shoot. He can get to the rim. He gonna have to bulk up a little bit, put some muscle on that frame, 
You think so? Come, yeah, that's just come with your with he's still a quote unquote. He, he hasn't developed his man body yet. So that come with time. We working in the job. I think he'd be fine. He'd go in there job 30. Drop 30, 30. 20 to 30 points a game. Nine, nine to 12 rebounds. Um, that's the solid season. We do come back. I still think he'll be a first round draft pick. That don't really matter. He got enough name. He got enough name in the pool. Mm. He got a big enough name to where no matter where he go, he still get drafted. You know, as far as him choosing Howard, it's just, it's just a testament to that coach. Mm. Yo, I, I, I won four games, which was like his first year, I think. Okay, your first year always going to be your, your struggle year, you know, until you get the plays that you want in there. Like, you got to make and make it. You have to make and make it. So, he's, he's on the way up. Like, he's a good recruiter to get make and make it come. So, I think he, he'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. I agree. I agree. I think that uh, Howard – they're going to be a, a team to watch. I think people are definitely going to see how good Maker is um, the first year. He's definitely going to have a lot of pressure on him regardless because, I mean, he's the first player who's a five-star prospect going to an HBCU. And there hasn't been an HBCU player to get drafted since 2012 with Kylo Ken. So, you know, and you're right. Basketball, there have been great athletes who played HBCU sports uh, when it comes to basketball, but it, it was 60s and 70s. It wasn't even – like, it was really the 60s, if you really think about it. Football has was more of a sport where you would see black athletes play at HBCUs. Do you think that's because of the uh, – you have to be a junior to play professional? you think that's why players could potentially play at HBCU football over basketball? No, I think it's just easier. Football is just easier because the amount of players that a football team needs, and um, basketball just it's just harder because it's twelve to fifteen players on each team, mm. so only nine nine plays. So it just it just just play the percentages. It's just easier to make a football team. I got you. So um, we have this um. So we have this player who's uh, transferring to uh, Grambling. His name is Cartier Gordon. I think it's a solid move. I, but the, the one thing that's a little concerning to me is the fact that he's transferred actually to four different schools. This, uh, going to Grambling, this will be his fourth transfer in uh, four years. Mm-hmm. And, and I wonder – and he was a solid player. You know, he averaged 9.6 uh, points per game. Um, and, you know, he had like five rebounds. And then uh, last year, it was a solid outing. When it comes to, like, transferring, what are your opinions on, like, transferring? And do you believe going to so many different schools, that could be, like, how do you think that would work with the culture of Grambling or just knowing somebody's transferred four different times? I'm I'm a little, like, when you you transfer to me, sometimes it feels like you're running from competition. Hmm. Like, okay, one thing you transfer, you get hurt. One thing you transfer because you don't play, that just means sometimes you wasn't good enough to play or you didn't work hard enough to play. You would, you was lacking in a, in a particular area to where that you did, didn't get on the field or court. Mm. So, I don't know, man. I'm just like, yo, you running from that work. No, run from the work. You think it's easier to, to, to play at another school. Like, yo, you chose that school. 
if you, if you didn't play, I understand you're not playing because you're working hard, but sometimes players do transfer because they're not playing. Like, that means you're not working hard enough to play. In my opinion, that's how I just do transferring in some cases. I got you. I got you. So, you know, recently uh, college sports has allowed athletes to um, get money to play college sports. What do you – how do you think – that it could potentially affect HBCUs. And um, even with everything going on with black consciousness, and actually it's a two-part question. So um, it's the money aspect of college athletes getting sports. And also from a black consciousness point, do you believe with everything going down, do you believe that it will continue to last where you will see more HBCU play, more players, more black athletes or whatever athletes go to an HBCU? Uh, it won't. To me, it ain't going to affect black colleges, players getting paid, because they not, black colleges need money for, for the facility. They need money for school. They need to have money. So, them not already receiving the money, it's like, yo, we haven't been getting money in a long time. So, it'd be nice for players to generate that money for their school, but they have to be good players. So, it ain't, it ain't going to affect it too much. Like, yeah, they, it's already going to be like, we already not getting money. What's it? What's it up up or about it? So, and 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 then this is black conscious. I don't think you're gonna say people just gotta people just gotta stay coarse and understand mm-hmm. what's real and what's what's fake. Like, you know, black lives is real. If you, if you stand on ten, you believe what you believe in. Everything else shouldn't matter. Understood. Understood. So for our last topic of the day why we believe in HBCUs. Their call, why do we believe in HBCUs from your perspective? I mean, I believe in HBCUs. I've been to two HBCUs, St. Augustine's University in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I got my master's from Hampton University. Um, it, it just, HBCUs teach you culture. It teach you how to deal with certain things. It teach you, like, a lot of, like, being at the St. All, right? I didn't have the best of the best but you make do what you got. And then, you know, when you go out to the real world, you kind of got to make do or what cards you play. Like they give you, they give you an ace and you got to figure out how, how to do it. Ace, I get ace at the top of the hand. They give you a club, a three, you got to figure out how to get that ace. So it, it, it just, it's just easier. It makes you tough. It, it helps you learn about black history a lot. You go, you go there, you learn about a lot of history. Other HCUs, because you want to travel, like, yo, my HCU fun. Let me go visit the two HCUs that's down the road. But luckily, I was in St. All undergrad. I got to see Central. I got to see Shaw. And then, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, at Duke at NC State, uh, just for various party reasons, you know, being a young man. It shows you it's, it's different. The people are different. The culture is different. They look at you different. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you see that as a young man, and then when you really get into the world, you really see it. You're like, yo, I witnessed this already. I'm used to it. I know how to navigate this. Wow. So That's good, yeah. man. That's good. Um, I, I want, and I wouldn't change my experience or anything like I went to HCU for a reason, you know. I went to two HCUs for a reason. You know, I met my fiance at Happy University. 
So it's been a blessing to me. Like I, w- I wouldn't give that up for the world. That's amazing. But the name for that, but that, like I said earlier, perspective. ABC is not for everybody. If you mm-hmm. feel like ABC is for you, you're gonna love it. That's gonna be the best four years of your life. Or you, <laughs> I always want to say year, year or two is gonna be the best years of their life because you're a child in the carefree zone, doing what you love. If you wanna go hoop, go to class. You hoop and go to class. You're gonna have fun doing that. That's good. That, I mean, that that's it. I mean, that's it right there, man. Like, I mean, for me, I look at HBCUs and somebody who I, I went to a PWI. I'm, I went to UNCG, but um, I have so many family members that went to uh, A&T, North Carolina A&T, and uh, you just see the pride, um, the culture, the love from an A&T. And, how, you know, it's, it's, when, I, when you go to A&T's campus as a college student, you just see so many – Black people, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's like a whole total, totally different culture shift. But for me, the reason why I believe in HBCUs is because of the history. I mean, when you look at the history, I mean, at the end of the day, a UNCG wouldn't have allowed somebody of my color uh, to go to their schools. Uh, it used to be a women's college, as a matter of fact. And um, I look at what HBCUs. What was other uh, going to, to a PWI? Did you, did you consider that? Actually, a and I, I really considered going to A&T first, but, I only, but at the end of the day, I applied only to UNCG. I, I regretted that decision, actually. I wish I had applied to A&T as well after I um, spent my two years at the community college, at Alamance Community College. But I had, some, I had good times at UNCG. You know, I, uh, I was part of the ESPN3 uh, Spartan Sports Link, where I filmed some of the games. I met up with Isaiah St. Hilaire, and we had our first podcast together. And that's really what, why, one of the reasons why I'm doing this now, because I realized that I could actually do it from those experiences. But just from looking, just from looking on the outside in, because I'm, I'm not in the HBCUs like you are, but just from the outside looking in, you just see the, the culture, you see the pride, you see the history. And you see the community, too. I think HBCUs, they teach on community building. They teach on fixing one, one, one's own and helping each other out. And that's really what we need to do as a community. We need to build together economically, socially, spiritually, all that. We need to build one another up. And I believe HBCUs do that. And that's why I believe in HBCUs. Greatly, yeah. We, we definitely... We, we are a tight knit community. Like we always want to like, build stuff, build our community up, going to business for ourselves. So I, I can understand why people that like, it's it is what we do. It's, it's how we think, cause cause what situation they put us in. Exactly, and we hope on this podcast that we will see more uh, support for HBCUs within our culture and within our sports culture because sports has a a huge influence. Entertainment has a huge influence on our culture, and uh, we fully support any athlete that considers HBCUs, and uh, we can't wait to see what's going to happen in the near future. That's all for uh, Believe in HBCUs. We believe. Yes, sir. We believe in HBCUs. With Tim McCain. I'm Derek Hall. Peace out, people. Yeah. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.